and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. Hey, everybody. It's an all-Hellboy podcast. We're reading all the Hellboy comics, and every week we interact with our listeners, and Danielle's here to tell you all about it. Here's what you're going to do. We're going to read a book, and we're going to tell you what we're going to read, and you're going to read it, too, and then we're going to read it, and we're going to talk about it. And when we're talking about it, you're going to listen to that. <laughs> and you're going to be like, hey, I have something to say about that. And you're going to talk talk about it, too. You're going to send us, hey, damn, guys, that's an email or, a, you know, you know, on social media, you send, like, a message. You, so you talk to us about what we talked about. And then we're going to talk about what you talked about when you were talking about us talking about stuff. And that's called... Friendship. It's, yeah, it's called friendship. <laughs> it's called listener feedback. There you go. Good Back job. to you, John. <laughs> Thank you. And like I mentioned every week, the best way to support the show is to leave a review. If you can leave a review on the iTunes app, you can just open up the app and write something about the show that you like. And give us five stars. There you go. And follow us on all the social medias. That's how you can interact with our listener feedback section. And I have some or shout... Or you can sit quietly in your backyard under a full moon and whisper it to the bats <laughs> at, at dusk. And we'll also get... Your feedback that way. Well, we can as also well. do that. Yeah. We can accommodate that. I would appreciate that as well. <laughs> we have some shouts outs shouts for out. this week. I want to shout out Mark Tweedale. Mark Tweedale. Book club member. You know, on our Facebook about section, we have the link to our reading order. To the reading order, yeah. So Mark went through just this week and he totally, he was like, can you give me permission to edit this? Oh, shit. And he made it all <laughs> fancy nice. where you can go in there and you can see where every single story can be found that, that we talk so about nice epi- episode by episode. To do that. So you can actually well, look at every single episode's worth of content and where you can find it in the omnibuses, the trades, the library editions, or the single issues, which is incredible. It's an incredible resource and it's a huge upgrade for our reading order for those of you Jeez. that check that out. It's so nice to have a guy yeah like he's he's an incredible person he's an amazing person but like what the fuck is he doing working on anything <laughs> that we're doing like what how it's this... just you know the same reason why this show is for free how did he get stuck with you three know? muppets <laughs> like us incredible but no thank you for that mark we really appreciate it so i'm just sitting here looking at the spreadsheet online and man that is such great work thank you mark thank yeah. you for such a great amazing thing you've done for us yeah, it's really nice. It's a great resource for everybody to go check out. Making three chuckleheads look like they know what they're doing. There you go. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, so go check out our all, all nice revamped reading order <laughs> on the Google Sheets or whatever. Go check that out. We also got to give a shout out to Ross Radke. Hey, Ross Radke. Book club member. Yeah, by the time you guys listen to the episode, we'll actually know how much his Kickstarter raised. We're in the final 24 hours right now as okay. we record this episode. And he's, he's in stretch goals now. He's already trying him. to reach Good the second him. stretch that's goal. That's awesome. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. We are going to get that extra story awesome. you know, in there at this point. Yes. So I'm really excited. Is it going to be in full color, though? Mm. Only you can decide, we'll see. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that's really exciting. Either way, it's, it's going to be awesome. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback section. Or as I like to call it, feedback, friendship, friendship time. It's all <laughs> friendship all the time. Listener feedback. There That's right. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get 
We had some feedback on the Hellboy crossovers, Did our episode we? from last week. Oh, man. Also. Christopher Egan said... Christopher Egan. That's a book club member. He said, here's the short trailer film for the attempt to sell the Goon movie with Paul Giamatti as Frankie. Wow. The little guy, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, it's crass like the comic. Yes. And it has an immediate use of the R word. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That's, yeah. So um, he did share this. I checked it out. So there was a Kickstarter to make this movie. Sure, I like Paul Giamatti, but the trailer is really cool. Okay, okay. I think it's really interesting. Who's the guy though? Who's the the goon guy? I don't know. The I don't know who the voice dude. actor was, but it sounded appropriate for okay. that character. Sure. All right. We check out the trailer. Apparently, this this thing never got made. You know, but Mark Tweedo also sure. commented on that, and he said, "I backed the Kickstarter oh, okay. um, to develop the pitch for the Goon. The project is not dead, but they can't talk about it publicly at the moment." Oh, oh so maybe they'll so. find NDAs or something. I don't know. <clears throat> well, I mean, a lot of times before they announce a project, they just kind of keep it all under wraps and all that. So okay, sure. It's- it's probably just something like that. Hayden Orr said... Hayden Orr. Club member. Love these stories. I love Eric Powell's art and sense of humor. And The Goon is such a great series. Read it from beginning and from some of the goofier arcs leads to such a great payoff once you get to the more serious and emotional arcs like Chinatown and Occasion of Revenge. The humor isn't always for everyone, but the emotionally brutal stories can resonate with any reader, I feel. He said, I've actually been trying to get my best friend to read the series so we can go to a con at some point with him as the goon and me as Frankie. <laughs> okay. Well, you can, you can uh, do what John did. Uh, he started a podcast to get me to, and Danielle to read Hellboy. There, there it is, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly right. He wanted us to read this so much that he was like, I'm just going to start an entire podcast as a ploy. To get my friends look at and where my we are today. Look at where we are today to is all I have to stories. say. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> and he also said regarding Beast of Burden, I love this series. Evan Dorkin creates such an interesting world, and the mythology for the wise dogs and Jill Thompson's art is so wonderful. And Pugs is always funny. On the subject of Fearless Dawn, this is actually the first Fearless Dawn comic I've ever read. I've been a fan of Steve Mannion's art for a while now, but it seems like an interesting world he's created. As always, great episode, you damn guys. And also, a very late happy birthday to John. Oh, that's you. Ah, thank you. Happy that birthday, is me. John. Aw. It was my birthday. Yeah. Drew Campbell said... Hey, it's Drew Campbell. Book club member. That's right. Having been a Goon fan when this crossover came out, it never occurred to me how disorienting it could be to a Hellboy fan who's never read the Goon. Yeah. While there is a certain amount of overlap in subject matter and a seemingly large overlap in fandom, the tone of the Goon is mostly very different from Hellboy. As you can see from this issue, there's a lot of silly off-the-wall stuff. It's a lot in the of Goon. inside baseball, too. It's a lot of just like inside jokes that I'm like, I don't know what this reference is supposed to be. It's clearly a reference. I don't know what it right. is. He also says, in a crude style of humor that definitely isn't for everyone, see Satan's Sodomy Baby. Okay. Remember that one? Uh, so I actually have that issue. Yeah. It is one issue that came out from the Goon, and it's never been reprinted like mm-hmm. for trade or anything. I, you, I wonder oh. why. Why could that, that be? One. Yeah, so I actually have that issue. I actually got it signed by Eric Powell. You sure did. Um, and he drew a little Satan head, he a little sure kid did. on there. Yeah, a little quick sketch. Yeah, I'll post that on book club member comments not, if you follow every, me on not there. Not everything is for everyone, nice. and that's okay. It, it is funny. It's I do. Right. Some of that does appeal to me. Sure. I'm, I'm a fan of the goon. He said, but like Hayden said, there are moments and even whole arcs of devastatingly emotional weight. 
While that may sound like it wouldn't go together, for whatever reason, it works. By the way, Albatross Funny Books is Eric Powell's own publishing company that he started originally as Albatross Exploding Funny Books to publish early Goon comics. So that is the company that has the Goon and Fearless Dawn and a bunch of these other titles that Eric Powell has. So it's pretty cool. He's got his own publishing company now. Okay. Oh, wow. That's cool. He said, I agree that Beast of Burden is best fit with Hellboy out of these stories. As, as others have said, despite the fact that the art looks like a classic illustrated children's story, the comic is definitely not for kids. It doesn't pull any punches when it comes to death and dark situations, but it's a beautiful, well-written book that I highly recommend. Incidentally, the first Beast of Burden stories were published in the Dark Horse Book of Hauntings, Witchcraft, The Dead, Monsters, which also featured Hellboy stories. Dr. Carp's Experiment, The Troll Witch, The Goal, and The Hydra and the Lion. I love that Mignola framing sequence in the Fearless Dawn crossover, and that's all I'll have to say about that one. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Out of those three that we read last week, um, I would have to say that the one that I would be most curious about would be Beast of Burden, because I'm actually kind of curious about that kind of world, and I like the weird children innocent type art that was yeah. super brutal and fucked up something about that was just kind of huh i think i like this yeah but as it comes as for the goon i know i've i've heard that it's like really good and i know it's like gets a lot of praise and all that and maybe one day i'll get to it but it's just going to go on the pile of stuff i might get to one day right you know good on the writers and good on the artists for working on stuff they believe in and stuff they want to work on i i probably won't be revisiting these stories or anything like that but that's not to say that other people should not enjoy them obviously please read what you want to read and enjoy what you want to enjoy you know it wasn't for me and not everything is for me and that's okay mark tweedell said hey mark tweedell returning book club member sorry (laughs) no yeah it's good he said he loves beasts of burden but it doesn't put its characters in a protective bubble so there are deaths evan dorkin has warned us ahead of time that before the end one of the leads will die You don't really get to see much of Death's impact in this issue because it's overshadowed by Hellboy's appearance, but Death is a big part of the comic's identity. It's sad and unsettling, but part of why the series works is that they engage in that material with real emotional weight. Over the course of a mere 13 issues and 7 short stories, the comic has won 9 Eisners. Yet not a lot of people seem to read it and may disregard it as a children's comic, definitely not for children. Best measure of whether the series is not for you is a short story called A View from the Hill. And he actually posted a link to that. You can read it online. Warning though, it contains several dead animals and it could be considered quite upsetting. But there's a good chance Danielle may not want to see it or even hear about it. Well, no, it's, I'm just, I'm, so it's one of those things where it's like, look, if it's a book about like, how upset can we make the reader? I'm, I'm not really interested. I don't know. So it's like not interesting to me. I want to say that I agree with you, but then like, I keep reading Saga, which is kind of like that. Sure. Like it's so good yeah. and it's so captivating to me. Yeah. I, I, I am uh, enjoying that kind of thing. Which is fine. But it's Again, also it's fine. extremely upsetting at times and it's like you know that it's sure. probably going to continue to be like that and you just keep reading it issue after issue and right. you just can't help yourself and it, i kind of like i kind of feel some of that i get that you know what i, I mean? totally get that again you know if if it's for you it's for you sometimes it's not for me and i think that's okay yeah not everything is going to be for everybody and that doesn't mean i'm denigrating it or saying hey don't read that it's worth no of course Read it if you want to read it. Of course. I'm sure it's great. It's one whatever nine Eisners. If people love it, it's got a you know, fan base and everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mark also said that there's an entire four-issue miniseries about the Wise Dogs. So that might be something. Yeah, that might be something you like. He also said regarding Fearless Dawn... I'm really not a fan of cheesecake art. Few things kill my interest yeah. in a book faster. Fearless Dawn meets Hellboy. Lost Especially the... if the cheesecake is like Nazis cheesecake. What is that? He said Fearless Dawn meets Hellboy lost me when it got to the sexy Nazis. Yeah. It's something it... that seemed to pop up a lot in the 90s when Nazis uh... were often a proxy for pure evil in a way that was considered fun. But it's not something that plays very well in the 21st no, century. No, it's not fun or funny it's not no if nazis are in your story it seems grossly irresponsible if you don't engage it with what a nazi is yeah they yeah. cannot just be proxies for evil anymore thank you and for putting sh- your finger on that so precisely because it's like yeah that's a they were that's a real thing that fucking yeah. happened like you can't that's not no when i read that comment that mark made um earlier this week i was just like holy shit that sums up precisely put it very eloquently right. yeah yeah and and it's it it just goes to my kind of the theory, uh, not theory, my my thoughts on the fact that Nazis were used as the bad guys in movies throughout the eighties and nineties. Like, which Indiana. is yeah, they're the bad guys, but, but, but it's like but, if it's a cute, they, but, kitschy reinterpretation, uh, reimagining of it, it's but like, yeah, no. but it, it, it turned them into like a cartoon kind of yeah. villain lately, and especially even before you know four years ago um but even even like me i would say even before then i was already think around the thought of stop using nazis as your generic villain because these are horrific people who did horrific things still do i mean i guess currently I mean, well you know what i'm saying i'm talking about yeah like, you know, no but i original, agree with you like the original but absolutely stop stop please i mean these are horrible racist fuckers and i yeah I, they're not sexy bodysuit ladies <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not oh, roller girls. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Rollinson said... Ryan Rollinson. Book club member. The Good and Hellboy, two of my favorites. This is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup of comic combinations. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup's obviously the pinnacle of candy. <laughs> the pinnacle of candy. Are you sure? I mean, are you sure? Well, that's his opinion. Okay, that's you just can't like argue his opinion, opinion, man. No, you know what? You're absolutely right. I I retract. I take it back. I I retract my insinuation. Wait, Reese's hold peanut on. butter cups, though. That's a powerful. <laughs> that's a powerful. That's a high praise. I mean, I'm just saying, like you're invoking something that's. <laughs> that's a sincere invocation. Speaking of Reese's peanut butter cups, I actually read an article today by somebody who was calling it the worst candy ever. And the whole time what? I'm reading this, I'm like, what are you crazy? <laughs> was it a prank? Like a spoof? Was it like an onion? Was it sarcas- no, like sarcasm no, no. like the kids do? No, no. This was a was real he article. Dabbing? Thomas Davenport also said. Thomas Davenport. Book club member. Book club member. He said that this is what got him into the goon, was reading that issue. Okay. Oh, well, I think that was probably the purpose. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So it worked. Like, hey, you know do you want to check out the goon? You should check it out. So that's probably, you know, it's like a kind of an advertisement for the goon. Sure. So there you go. That's actually kind of what I felt like all three of these were. Absolutely. They, like, and I think I said this last week, but I could be wrong, but I feel like these were comics that Mignola enjoyed. Sure, yeah. And he was like, hey, maybe my readers would like these comics. Right. And, and cool. he was 
And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of those comics got like a sales bump because of their crossover. Hopefully. Hopefully so. I yeah. mean, that's that's friends helping friends. That's that's awesome. Exactly. Or friends collaborating with friends. It might have just been a purely artistic, like, I like you. Let's work together. Yeah. And then whatever exactly. happens, happens kind of a thing, you know. Jason Avedon said. Jason Avedon. Club member. Beast of Burden is the best thing on a rainy winter night. Okay. The Hellboy crossover was very cool, though the dogs usually get zero human help. They got to make do. Yeah, so that's unusual for somebody to help them oh, at okay. all. Okay. You know, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. They're usually just on their own. All right. Thank you for the listener feedback this week. Oh, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. Are we? It's disclaimer time. Oh, shit. Disclaimer. It's disclaimer time. Disclaimer palooza. Are you ready for disclaimer time? Disclaimers all the time, every time. Are you ready for me to just buzzkill this whole thing? We're ready. Because we have to talk about before we get into these stories that these stories are co-written by a guy who turned out like that guy. to not be that great of a guy shocker and that Surprising. is like not cool it's you not know cool at all this is kind of where i don't know i have a lot of thoughts about this mm-hmm. kind of thing and, and i think about this a we lot we all have a lot of thoughts I, I was actually listening to a podcast this week where they were talking about hp lovecraft and they were talking about how you know, he's become this huge icon, but in his personal letters, he's you know, he's throwing he was, around the N-word in his story. Not even just the personal letters, in the actual stories that you read. He's very yeah. racist, you know, Super he has very racist. bigoted views. Gross. And they kind of talk about how this is kind of what you have to grapple with, you well, know, no, if if you want to enjoy this kind of art or, you know, if you want to kind of recognize. For me, it's easy because people have taken his stuff. And they've built their own thing out of it. Right. Read that shit. But this is also, we are getting into what is like the end game for this series. Sure. So this is big yeah. picture stuff. This right. is important stuff. Stuff that is tying into all the continuity of everything that we've been reading. And I really want to feel joyous about it. Because I feel like this is a super huge occasion. Right. You know, that we are actually here I cannot believe that we have gotten to this point in the BPRD series where we are actually getting into the final stuff that is so amazing. But now this whole thing has kind of had this shadow cast okay, over it. Okay, well, let me just go like, ahead and say, like, these stories have had an impact on you, have had an impact on the people who have read it. We can read these stories and talk about them just as they are. We've been with these characters for years and years. And so he's not the only person. He didn't build. He didn't build this entire story. There are yeah, other no, people working on these right. stories. And so, what about those people? What about the artists? What about the other writers? What about everybody else? You know, like we can't just throw them all away. We, we're in love with these characters. We're in love with these stories. We're not in love or celebrating a person who did horrible things to people. I feel like we can stand up and say, "Yeah, we absolutely support these people who have spoken up and said, hey, this guy hurt me.' Yeah, we support you absolutely." And I don't think talking about this story means that we support him. I guess if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying actually, that. Actually, Danielle, that that actually makes perfect sense because um, even even other than just this story, I mean, there have been like certain artists who I won't name because yeah, it's just, yeah, um, who who I who have had meant a lot to me growing up in life or later in life, and it's not just one. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. But I mean, it's just like it's it's not the it's not the people. It's the art, and it's just like, I mean, do I do you check out the art with the person? Right. 
Yeah. Because the art, but the like, this isn't celebrating violence or exactly. anything. Like, we're not celebrating abusing people. Exactly. You know, these characters are about coming together as a family and, and all this stuff. Yeah. And so, like, and supporting each other and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what we're about. So, I like, mean, he's but, not the only writer on the story. Yeah, exactly. So other people worked on this. That's why I kind of wanted to bring this up because I don't want to just not address it. Yeah. But there is a whole team of people, including Lawrence Campbell, who this is like the pinnacle. I mean, that's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I'm excited about getting into this this Lawrence Campbell stuff. This Lawrence Um, Campbell page of Liz here. You know, so I just but I, I, I did want to recognize that because I feel like it is worth mentioning and I don't want to just like tiptoe around it and hope that no one says anything. Well, we don't want to disregard anyone who has suffered in silence and then come out only to be met with right antagonistic whatever fanboys. And it's like you know, like yes, we we don't want to tiptoe around it, but it's also hard to talk about because that didn't happen to me. Yeah, that didn't happen yeah. to you. If it was me, I would feel some type of way about it. I'd be like, well, why are you holding this guy up on a pedestal still after I told you what he did to me? So it's one of those things where it's like, we don't. This is a thing that happened. This is a whole team of people writing right. this book. Well, I think like I feel some kind of way about it too yeah. because like I feel like I need to say something about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So it's like one of those things where it's like, but he wasn't the only person working on this book though. Yeah, exactly. All these other people worked on this book and they worked really hard on it. And obviously you have to also decide how you feel about it too. You know, we're not the people, you know, you shouldn't be taking your opinions from us, you know, uh, but I want to explain how we feel about it. I want to make sure that we all have a chance to kind of just say this, this is a situation that we're in and it's weird. And these comics that we're talking about, something weird happened and I want to talk about it. Yeah. And if you feel like, you know what, I can't listen to this. You're talking about a thing that a guy made that I don't, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Obviously we're, we agree. We agree with you. But I don't want that to detract, you know, from the amazing art and the storytelling in here because I think that this is a really amazing series and it is a really joyous occasion that we can get here because this is all kind of what it's been building towards. You know, we have some more content to cover after we get through with this stuff, but this is kind of like we're getting to the end of this giant story that that has been spanning 20 years because there's like a whole team of people working on this it's not a one guy working on this it's not this it's not this guy's thing would you say it's more something that's been building for years and years yeah it's the momentum of it is beyond this guy yeah no definitely It, it definitely is a huge team that have all kind of worked together to weave this whole thing i mean think about the amount of artists that have it's been not on their this fault book, that this guy is you know, a fucking shithead. Uh, think about all the artists that have been on this book up till now. If there's like a singer who does something fucked up, you know, when you listen to those songs, you can't help but be- <laughs> think like, hey, wow, this is, you know, I, for me, I can't help but be like, no, I can't listen to this. It's fucked up because it's that guy. Right. And you're like, that's the guy. That's the voice I'm listening to. It's his voice. I right, cannot. Okay. He's the one singing. When you th- when you're reading whatever like love you're reading Lovecraft you're like this is one guy writing this story it's literally just him writing this yeah. so it's his voice so when you're reading you can't help but think this is what the guy thought like you know but this this is an entire team of people it's it's a whole bunch of people working on this you don't read this and think yeah. ah it's one person's vision only one man 
was writing this and drawing it and editing it and publishing it and everything. No, there's a whole bunch of people, like a long list of people working on this, doing various different things, different artists, different whatever, various writers. And so it's like there's not – I don't see or hear or feel one driving force or vision. He's not the overreaching – it's my thing. Like he's not the first name I think of. Even when right. I'm reading this, I'm not thinking of him at all. I'm just reading this. You know, what I mean, like it's sure. So I don't want to disregard all the people that worked on this, and I also don't want to say like, oh, his victims don't matter. I just want to read this thing. Right. So obviously, like my first thought is how horrible that someone suffered because of what he did. But also, I'm reading this and I'm like, he's not the main guy here. It's this is this is bigger than him. This is a whole team of people, and this this project is bigger than him. So it's I feel like it's different. I don't know. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So with I don't that. know, and yeah. that's something that like this. I don't know. Now, and I think that's a good point because like when we see the sketchbook sections, we really see how there is a collaborative effort, how they're working yeah. together. It isn't just one person putting all this stuff together. So yeah, you know, I'm really glad for Lawrence Campbell to come back after End of Days and all that good stuff. So yeah, let's dig into it. Previously on BPRD, an Audra Jihad came to Earth. Its destruction brought an end to Kate and Panya. Yosef freed Vivara from her pickle jar, and Vivara freed the giants that were underneath Pandemonium. And those giants fought the Audra Jihad, but they couldn't defeat it. Oh right, and Yosef was brutally killed, slashed, left in agony forever by Vivara when she used the knife. That That Hellboy used to kill Satan, right? It still had the blood on it. Ultimately, Johan in the sledgehammer armor gave the ultimate sacrifice when he tapped into the multiverse and dot 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 whatever he did. In the epilogue, Devon is now the field director and we saw him meeting with Liz, Nichols, Jeroko, and Staz. They referenced Leonid and Howard, so we know they're still part of the team, along with Phoenix and Bruiser. In that epilogue, Liz was mad at Devon because he wasn't focusing on locating Abe, but Devon said he had a team on it. We saw a group of BPRD agents find Abe Sapien after his fight with Strobel in the Abe Sapien series. Remember when they put him in the back of the van? Yep. Over at the old BPRD headquarters in Fairfield, Connecticut, we also saw Vivara. She's now on Earth after all these events, right? She's come out of hell. And she's still got that knife that Hellboy used to kill Satan. And she's wondering if she will ever find another favorite human like Professor Broom. And then the Hell on Earth cycle came to an end. BPRD The Devil You Know, issues 1 and 2 were published in July and August 2017, co-written by Mignola, art by Lawrence Campbell, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Clem Robbins. We've got the team, the team's all back. And we also have the gang's some all here. Yeah, we also have some amazing covers by Duncan Fagredo. All your favorites are back. Yeah, so they bring out Duncan, Duncan Fagredo to do some of these covers as well. I want to talk about this um Lawrence Campbell yeah. cover to the trade paperback. All the devil all the time. <laughs> all devils all the time. That's the devil that you know. What does that title mean to you at all? Does it mean anything to you? Yeah, the devil you know better than the devil you don't right like that's the phrase oh is that is that come from a saying yeah i should have known that yeah that's a yeah yeah that's like uh if you say better the devil you know or better the devil you know than the devil you don't know 
you mean that you would prefer to have contact or lesser do business two, with a person it's lesser you already evils. know, even though you don't like them, yeah. than a person you don't know? Yeah, it's like you're weighing your... It's an idiom. Back. It's an idiom. Thank you. That's the word I'm yeah. trying to think of. It's an idiom. It's so it's... You're like, well, I don't really like dealing with this guy, but at least I know what to expect. Then what if I go out into the world... Nice. And I find so, and I try to deal with this guy, and that's even worse. I don't even know what's going to happen there. So it's kind of like better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all is another idiom. I just took it on surface level, oh, okay. the devil you know, and I'm like, Vavara, she's the devil, right? Oh. She's the devil oh. that we know. Uh, that's how I took it. So you'd rather deal with Vavara than deal with some unknown other devil hmm. is what you're saying. Better to hang out with Vivara than some other devil that right. we don't know. Hmm. Okay. See, I, I kind of took it as the the idiom, the um, you know, like the lesser two evils, yeah. or don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Or sure, something. there you right, go. I, don't know right. why. I mean, why is it hiding bees in there? Yeah. Uh, but um, <laughs> but it might uh, not even it might not even be the lesser of two evils. It might just be like, well, I don't even know, like fear of the unknown. Right. But but then, but then like when I saw the cover and I saw Vivara and I was like, oh. She is the devil we know. Yeah. I love the way Lawrence Campbell makes her look literally like a porcelain doll. Yeah. She looks like oh, a doll. So creepy. Like a baby doll. Like a little baby. You know what I mean? And it's very effective. Yeah. Also, I like the that. other thing I want to talk about. As soon as I saw this cover, the only thing I could think of was uh Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's the only thing I could think of. Right. I don't <laughs> know why <laughs> all the scaling things. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you got yeah. some Terminator 2 action going on there. I love it. I would love to see James Cameron direct a oh, BPRD man. movie. Yeah, James Cameron on a BPRD movie. Let's oh, do you're it. Blowing my mind. He's just gonna make Avatar movies until the I day know. he dies. So, we got that's we got Avatar like that's disappointing. Fifty-seven thousand coming out. It's in such a it seems every like, year. You know, and bless it. He found he found something he's interested in, and you know what? Good on him. He found his. His little corner of movie making that he wants to focus on, and that's Avatar. But James Cameron. <laughs> but James oh, Cameron. I love James Cameron. What if you did BPRD? Ooh, that'd, that'd be, be so great. good. Let's do it. Yes. Let's you know, do. Let's a, just call him up. Let's do yeah. a change dot org. <laughs> We're looking at the trade paperback version, and so if you go a couple more pages in, we get to the awesome Duncan Fagredo cover. Oh, yes, Duncan yeah, Fagredo. So we got to talk about this. I love I having Duncan, Duncan Fagredo back. Yeah. And this ver- version of Vivara is frightening. It's I mean, shit. I like the um, no eyes or whatever, just the blank well, the bl- eyes. Yeah, the white, the w- all white the eyes. White on white, yeah. yeah. Sifting cities as though they were sand. Yeah. Is very yeah. um that's big imagery. That's interesting because it, it also speaks to like like it's like, yeah, like it's a fun image, but also we you know, you immediately get the sense that time works differently. To her, cities rise and fall. She's seen civilizations right. rise and fall and it's nothing to her. So her m- plans and machinations are long term and Ooh. so it's very, you know I don't I remember like I'm reading into that just because I really like this character. It's a great cover, too. It's good. It's good shit. I mean, this would have been like, if this had been a poster when I was in my teens and 20s, it would have totally been on my wall. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right on. Yeah. Right next to but the it, Pink Floyd it's... with all the ladies' backs painted oh. as the album covers and the Pulp Fiction <laughs> with uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, John Travolta. 
Yeah, I had that Pink Floyd oh, poster nice. in my dorm room. And yeah. a Fight Club poster. I'm just trying to think of like college boys dorm room posters. I never had any of those. Aw. So we open in on this BPRD field report. Hey, what kind of episode uh, is this? Actual book club. Look, you know I love <laughs> long, giant pages of tiny tiny text uh, in my comic books right like that's my favorite yeah i do actually i do i'm a big nerd so, i like it I, I just want you to think about all the fans who have been waiting for bprd sure, sure, to come sure. back and forever you know after all that stuff the happened thing, with yeah. johan and then it's like the first page is this is just kind of all right all right uh, Here, here's a text page from manny of all people yeah uh, so attention this is from manny andrew devon yeah. Okay. So I, I will admit I, I read this last night and um, I'm reading. I'm going through this really cool art. I turn and get to this page. And I'm like, Come you fucking on. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. I gotta. So, re- I gotta. Re- I, let's read this. I gotta shit. be honest. Get I off. scrolled right past. I didn't even. I just flipped right past it. Well, that's okay because I'm going to tell you what it says. Good. It awesome. mentions a location, Parkinson where the BPRD are to locate cults centered around a a young woman seen in dreams. The Sapien cult is also mentioned, so we know that they're still around. They also talk about a mass suicide in New Mexico, but they call it unrelated. There is a request to rescue some survivors in Eritrea from a missile strike and a review of the Wichita Falls incident. Apparently, Liz got into some trouble for making a unilateral decision of the magnitude of the director of the bureau. Oh, so, like, shit. nobody can do that. Yeah. Wichita <laughs> Falls, that's in uh, Texas. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Up, it's up north. It, the memo says that she's been in, exonerated and she can still lead the team in Parkinson, but cannot lead into populated areas afterwards. Uh... But I, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you get to see all the stamps on it and stuff like that. And, I give a shit. You know, it's kind of interesting. So let's talk about this. Uh, do you have a bird corner a, for us? It's a Peebo. That's a Bebo, officially. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a, that's definitely a crow and not a raven. Nice. But um, love them. Love that we open with it. To me, officially, this is the first page. Uh, I like that we're opening up on a little mood shot of a sweet baby. Yeah. It's like a Mignola baby. We talked Mignola about this bird. on yeah. the uh, on the Kashi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aubrey was like, oh, it's a... It's a bird for bird's sake. It's just a bird for a bird's sake. And then it was really this nefarious, right. ominous goose. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love an ominous goose. And so remember after the Agdra Jihad got sucked into that portal or whatever, got broken to a million pieces, all the Agdra Hem that were... On the earth, they kind of just froze. They turned to stone. Yeah, like and so we kind of see one of those there. And, and the as sunlight we, or whatever. Yeah, and as we go down into the city, we see it's your boy Shit, Howard. Yeah, it's, your boy. <laughs> it's your boy Howard's. Fuck yes, this is how you open a comic book. This is how you fucking do it. Oh man, Howard. Shit, yeah, and the action here, like the movement, the motion of him scrambling and scrabbling and sliding down this fucked up asphalt that's been right whatever all you know this is fucking great there's so much information here we've got a it's a you know post-apocalyptic concrete jungle bitches and then he's got the sword you got the uh sword very dynamic shot of him sliding in and then a close-up of his face and we see he's got some modern technology he's got an earpiece yeah he's got a little bluetooth going he's a he's officially a dad in a grocery store <laughs> and he's fighting a horrific monster but as we One all of the know hammerheads, yeah. as we all know he's going to make short work of this he's got the sword he's rips, rips a it. car door 
straight off the yeah. car, like just fucking rips rips a car door off a car. So is he got super strength? He's like a metahuman super strength. Like the sword's giving him powers, or like what's going on here? Could be that adrenaline spike that uh, I don't know anyone who can rip a car door off a car. Oh well, no, I mean, no, like, like you know, you know, they say like if you're like, oh my god, you got the adrenaline, you can lift a car off your baby or something like that. <laughs> sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. But is that you know, what's happening I mean, here? I don't think that's what's happening here. Can you? I mean, like ripping a car door yeah, off of a car, like that is. Maybe he, maybe before he joined the BPRD, he was a car guy. And he knows how to put a door on a car, so he ripped it off at its seams. It seems like he's just <laughs> ripping it right off. I mean, I'm wondering, here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering, is there something going on here like when he it's was struck by the shaman lightning or whatever the fuck happened? Is there like a meta human, like a slightly, is he enhanced somehow? Right, like, okay. is, does he have like kind of enhanced strength? Oh, but also remember, this is a fucked up car so maybe the door was barely hanging on even then come on man i mean a, a look, car we a, door we a, could you even lift car Aubrey. We a shot of this car door barely hanging on, on Aubrey, the first could you lift a car door <laughs> be honest could you pick it up should i personally yes hell no okay i'm saying you <laughs> are probably try. taller than this character actually you know what I don't know if I could lift a I don't car think, door. I don't think any of us could mm. lift a car door. I'm just saying, like, not only that, but he's, like, ripping it off the hinges. I'm thinking, right, okay. I'm wondering, sincerely, I'm wondering, is Galdinar slash Ted Howard's, is it, is there something else to that? Is there, like, a metahuman, is super strength, because he's jumping around and... When you see him fighting, like there's something well, else to that. When uh, when he picked up the sword, remember Matt talked about this. Yeah. it says that it went into his arm. Yes, yes, that's what so I'm talking like, about. Like we that, saw that happen. Th- does that we mean saw that the his vril? Is it not just the sword, but also his arm? Is he vril powered? That's a good theory. I like that. It kind of goes with him being you know? able to rip Liz, a car door off. I'm just saying, Liz, I... Liz's powers have gotten exponentially more intense. True. And extreme. Okay. Is Over this time, something yeah. that, if our theory about the Vril is that part of it, is it like giving him a little bit of superhero strength? Because he's got to be an engaging, interesting comic superhero guy, right? Like, so is that part of it? Probably. Okay. Although I, I, I want to change my answer. I definitely think I could lift up a hard <laughs> but one, I don't think I could rip one off its hinges. Right. Yeah. No. 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 And I don't think I could run and use it as a shield. Yeah, but there I think, you go. I think, Running I with think, it is a thing. I think I could actually probably pick one up and move it okay. a couple of feet. I think that's true. I maybe think we even, could, we could lift ten. it, but can we like swing it around? Can you really rip a car, a car off its hinges? You know, a car door off its hinges? I don't think so. I, so it's, I think we. I think if Mythbusters was around, we would get them on it right now. There you go. Not around anymore. I think there's some sort of thing happening here with it's like he's a little bit enhanced maybe, yeah so and i love this move as he slides under the hammerhead and like slices <laughs> it as he goes you know kind of like that's an interesting kill well, shot he, he's chopping as you can see yeah, yeah. by the onomatopoeia so helpful there <laughs> it says chop really great stuff well I, I thought it was like a slice and then it ended in a chop there you go <laughs> nice devon is trying to call into the team we see liz and howard's and I thought this was interesting, like, there's interference in the area because of the Ogdra Jihad or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't that. know. He's telling him, he's like, hey, if you can hear me, please turn your thing on and off again. Turn it off. Turn it off for me and then turn it back on. And everyone's like, all right, I guess. 
but they put it in the dialogue too yeah, which i think yeah. is kind of interesting like you only get they want us to know that this is happening we, yeah. we're not getting all the words but it's enough to kind of like fill in yeah yeah what's, what they're saying it's like that oh you're breaking up but um so i just want to point out she's flying we've seen her do this before um apparently she can fly because of fire powers her her superhero fire flame powers well remember what? when um remember when she first tapped into the vril uh-huh. to kill the black the yes. kathahem yeah. it kind of like pulled her up into the air uh-huh. you know and i think that was kind of the first time that it kind of activated that so if is she levitating or is she using vril power to fly because it looks like she's engulfed in flames i think that what what's happening is is liz apparently read a bunch of fantastic four comics and said fuck it if <laughs> if, if johnny storm can fly i can fucking so fly. it's a flame on situation yeah and when then, she's and on Lawrence, fire she's on fire she can fly if you want to know the in marvel universe uh, wikipedia that shit but sure. if i remember what i read as a kid it's something to do with Making the air lighter around you, or some bullshit, blah blah blah. Okay, <laughs> that makes <laughs> probably sense. Probably using probably using the fire as a thrust mechanism. So um, she's using fire rockets. as a thrust mechanism to fly. But and and so she can hover. Okay. So she's definitely flying or hovering, but not levitating. But it's fire. Yeah. Well, fire and flame to me are interchangeable. Okay. So so kidding. Devin is over here. He's like, hey, so there, we have don't have any readings off of the objective to target, but it could still be there. But so she's like, yeah, target. He has a name, Devin. It's and a he's little like, cold there. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, he, and he's like, I meant the vehicle. Right, right, right. Because I, I assume they're talking about the van yeah. that Abe was in. Yes. But she thinks that he's talking about him right. as a target. Yeah. yeah. And she's a little defensive, and I don't blame her. That's been going on this whole time. He's a shithead, and they're looking for Abe. So she's like, look, man, you have to be fucking so cold. We're looking for Abe. And he's like, I'm talking about the van. We all know what you're talking about. Why did he get promoted again? I don't know. He sucks. (laughs) We cut over to Wallace, Idaho, and we see Ashley Strode, BPRD exorcist extraordinaire, and she's performing an exorcism. And I love seeing Ashley Strode drawn by Lawrence Campbell. Yeah, something we have not seen. We haven't. That's kind of new to this, and I think he just picks up the character and does a really good job with her. Right out of the park. I really, really, really like it a lot. His his interpretation of her is fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, as she's doing her exorcism, remember she has that rosary beads from Oda Benga that have all the different um, talismans on them. And as she's saying her exorcism... Like all the different weird symbols and shit. It's yeah. Great. It's and as, shit. She, as she's saying her exorcism, she mentions Anu and Enlil. These are Mesopotamian gods. She mentions the Lord God Redeemer of the world, which is a Christianity thing from the Bible. And there's a lot of Egyptian stuff. And there's a lot of yeah. weird, like, just whatever different... So there's a lot of different like pagan stuff and it's she just mentioned, all different things. Yeah, she mentions Brahma, the Hindu god. It honestly reminds me of when we very when we first met Hellboy, his first adventure. He had all these charms and shit in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. And whatever the hell. And so that always kind of brings me right back to that. That's neat. As she's doing her exorcism, the demon inside this man says, The demons are marching under a new banner. Release me, he says, so I may join the girl and descend into new pandemonium. Test your metal, then, Ashley Strode. When he said release me, that reminded me of uh, the fucking from Independence Day. 
Down Independence China. Day. Yeah. I always knew exactly what, what you're talking about. about. Release me, no. And he's like, <laughs> Zach Glass Bulletproof, no, sir. No, and sir. they fucking fire into it. Sorry. I love that Fuck, fucking that, movie so a, much. Love that movie. That's yeah. a great scene. Also, this scene reminds me of Constantine. You know what? I like that movie. Fuck it. It's a great movie. I like that movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. I, I fuck. I just like that movie though. I like it. Yeah, it's a good I movie. I enjoy it. So in Hellboy and Hell, Pandemonium fell. Yeah. Okay. So, so now she's they're talking, talking about, about new Pandemonium. pandemonium. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know. Th- so to Ashley Strode, that's a thing. That's a thing. You know what I mean? So and afterwards, the people are all scared. They're like, "Is something else coming?" Like he talked about other shit is coming. Yeah. And she's the like, they don't know. She's they don't like, know the hell, like panda. They don't know anything that's happening. So she's like, "Oh, it just—it's just saying that to scare us." Don't and then worry she, about it. And then she goes outside and she's like, "I have to call this yeah. shit in." And she's like, "Tell Corgan I have something." And then she goes, "What?" Uh, right? Because yeah. the last time that she talked to Kate was before you know all that stuff happened at the end of Hell on Earth. I like her swag. I like her. She's got her shirt. She's got her jacket. Oh yeah. Her, she's got a BPRD T-shirt. She's got a BPRD jacket with the patch there. Really cool. Back in Parkinson, we see that in addition to Howard's and Liz on the ground, we have Tian, Nichols, Jiroko, and this new soldier. I think his name is Sokolov or something like that. He's a Russian guy. And so you'll see him uh, speaking Russian later. And we have Tian here, and he's kind of having a bad attitude, right? Yeah, he's a bad attitude Jones. Yeah, he's like, do you know where the lovely couple is? And they're like, all right. And he's like, oh, you could have just sent the human torch to find this herself. <laughs> and Jorko's like, Tian, you got a problem with Liz now? He says, you don't like him any more than I do. And then they say, that's a fact. So this is kind of like, this is setting some stuff up here. Right. You know, I mean, I just want to mention that. A couple of minutes later, they come across these cricket pods so remember those crickets that they fought in New York? Yeah, they're like they like grow in these little eggs. eggs. We've never seen this before. This is really terrifying. I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> you love this kind of stuff. It's super gross. And all of a sudden, splorch! Ugh. Something starts coming out of one of these cricket pods. I'm not a fan. And they start firing at it. I like this little detail on Nichols' gun. It's got like all the different settings. Yeah, a little. <laughs> so he's, shit. he sets it to That's like the flamethrower. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like they got the electricity bullets and then. What is this other one? Oh, that's like a grenade launcher, I Can bet. Can I just say I really appreciate the fact that they... Oh, that's they, what that is. Yeah, they actually show like how a flamethrower works. Whoever oh, is, the little, it has the little thing in the front yes, before it shoots out. Whoever yeah. researched this, you know... I would assume, I would assume that was Lawrence Campbell. There himself. you go. Maybe it was, might have been Lawrence Campbell himself. Was probably like, you know what? I'm going to actually draw how fucking flamethrower works. And this very shades of Starship Troopers, the movie, which I know is different from the book, but whatever, but like of just like, you know, shooting bugs and whatever. As a fan of both and a big fan of Heinlein, the movie's better. Right on. I like that movie. I I, I didn't read the book. I read about how the book is different from the movie, but I didn't (laughs) read the book. Shameful. I know. I never read the book. I I should get around to it. I should read it. I know that it's very different and all this stuff, but like, you know. You can read it in a day. Sure, sure. I should probably I should probably read it. I kind of have, I guess, whatever it is, like nostalgic fond memories of Starship Troopers from like my teenage years and like early 20s of just watching this movie on repeat and whatever. That movie had so many amazing effects. 
when they're like love- shooting, blowing up the bugs and all this stuff. And it was I it was pretty incredible. I think it holds up. And so when I see scenes like this of them like coming across a field of gross bug eggs and like a gross bug leg coming out of it and them shooting it up and the fucking they're like ah that just really to me this action really screams like that starship troopers yeah action scenes you know what i mean yeah and if, and if they could make it back then they could make it now probably on a cheaper Absolutely. budget you know what i mean oh. and still get like yeah what you about, know the practical effects Paul? mixed with the you know, they. I'm sure they had some computer-generated effects and stuff like that, but they had a lot of practical stuff that really worked. And so when I see this, like, that just really... I don't know why, but I really feel like that's that's just what I think of when I'm thinking of the action in this this book. Okay. Well, how, how about this? What yeah. do you think about Paul Verhoeven directing a BPRD movie? Oh, man. That would work. Does he still... Is he still directing stuff? Yeah, is he still working on stuff? I I don't think he's I think he you know got fed up with U.S. and sure. went back. To, but you're saying you know. you're saying like at the height of his oh, stuff yeah, like, that he's you know, doing. Like if we had his, him doing his, this, then his yeah. Starship Trooper, sure, sure. We call Robocop. Days. Absolutely. You know what? I think that'd be great. The practical effects alone would be worth it. At least seeing yeah. his interpretation of things. Yeah, and I think that Lawrence Campbell has that kind of like realistic style. Absolutely. So it also yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. You know, I can see how it, it would invoke why. that. It yeah. harkens back to all these, like, whatever, you know, Independence Day and Starship Troopers and all that sort of thing. Like, those are all movies that have really good practical effects, I think. But they blend it seem- so seamlessly with the computer generated stuff that it, you know, it really works. Anyway. As the crickets are attacking the team. Over in the distance, Howard's was there. Remember, we saw him running around. He can't help himself. Look at his face. He's got the things. He's got the paint. He put the, he put the war paint on with the whatever. And Liz has located him. She's like separated from the group. I'm fine, he says. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about you specifically. I'm worried about the fact. She goes, you, you separated from the group. And he's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're not the one I'm worried about. Yeah. I'm, the fact that you left them means that they are vulnerable. I'm worried about them without you. That's an incredible line. That's good dialogue. And he says, I heard gunfire. I'll check, she says. And then he says, take me. And she just kind of looks at him. That's a good look. It's a good expression oh, yeah. on her face there. I like that a lot. I also he, feel like he looks like Kurt Russell here a little bit. Oh, he does. Yeah. Like a young, like a young, young Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell yeah. Yeah, I, I love these final yes. panels on this page. Just the, the banter between them. And he's all like... The look on her face. Take me. Yes. Yeah, but I love that moment. The storytelling is so good over these it's panels. Good. We cut back over to the team. They're fighting the crickets. And Jiroko has like a friggin' lightsaber thing or something, uh, which is pretty well, awesome. So there's a guy <laughs> called the Hacksmith. I don't know if you've seen this guy or looked him up or okay. whatever. He's he's created is the, the proto-saber. Is that from a YouTube video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It's yeah. pretty fucking badass. Yeah, man. Nice. Oh, and, the, yeah. and the and the fact that it was like on a big battery and they're wearing big ass suits and you can see like right. you can see how it's yeah it's connected yeah. to the thing yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, oh man. wow! So, so it kind of predicted something that actually is a thing now. Wow, that's so, really yeah. neat. Check out like the hat and people are like, oh, it's not a real lightsaber. Like the fact that he created this in it, the, with the it, laws of physics in the physical world that we occupy is pretty incredible. It glows and it fucking cuts through shit. Yeah, man. It's Pro- a fucking proto-saber, lightsaber. Yeah, it's wow. good stuff. So Hacksmith. Yeah, so that could be something that the BPRD would use. But it's cool, exactly. So That is that's, so cool. Yeah. I love that. 
And um, in these action panels, it's fucked up to see TN get totally run through yeah. by one of these crickets. Um, but I think so it's... So what's happening, though, here in the first book, because we're kind of glossing over this, we're skipping over this a little bit. She's on fire. We've already agreed to that. We've already agreed oh, okay, that the fact right. that she can fly is because she is engulfed in literal flames, burning hot enough to levitate her through the sky. How is she carrying him? How? I don't know. That's a good question. Is How he it, not they don't show burning it. alive? <laughs> Maybe well, they, they, they kind of do show, like in this panel where he, the dude's saying "knee it." You can see them at over. Flying oh, over. right! You just see the shadow. He says, of "Take it. me." Yeah. So, so he's so implying he's that she's going to carry him through the air, and she it is implied here that she has dropped him from a great height onto this guy. What if um? So she's carrying it, him. What if she's just but, holding the sword? Okay, you know what? All right. Maybe it, it would cut her hand, though. I guess. Well, no, I because know. she's oh, super no, powered, so it's okay. That 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 takes away from my my theory that he's oh, wearing asbestos clothing <laughs> and the best sunblock you can imagine. There you go. <laughs> What's his skin doing? What? Because like it'd be so if it's so if she is burning so hot that she can fly, even getting near her would be because you know when you, even if you get near the stove, you're not touching the fire, but it still is like ah, it's too hot to be, right. even go near. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we just talked about this whole thing that he might be metahuman or he okay. might have, you know, some sort of endurance So if he thing. has Vril power, Maybe. is the fact that she's powered by know. Vril cancel each other oh, out yeah, somehow? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I was also thinking, like, would there be a way for her for her to just hold his hand? No, and maybe her hand, the hand isn't no, on fire no, or something no, like that. No, and here's why. That's you know what what the because he's anywhere near her. That's what the torch does. He's anywhere near her. It's too fucking hot. So it has to be something about the Vril, where if he's Vril-powered and she's Vril-powered, then it right. cancels it out. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Because if she tried to pick up you or me... That's what you picked up. We would burn alive. <laughs> You've yeah, really I'm, been thinking about Listen, <laughs> I'm concerned about this. Sure. So okay. that's it would have to be a Vril thing. Otherwise, it's like, if she gets even anywhere near anything, it's going to catch on fire or melt or something. I, I'm going with my sunblock asbestos clothing theory. <laughs> like, oh, in and, Blade, and, and, like in Blade, and, when they I'm, put on sunblock, and it's like they just go out into the world, even it's, though... Well, it's it's even, better than Twilight's explanation. <laughs> I uh, never saw Twilight, so there you go. Neither did I. Uh, what about but, their eyeballs? Uh, eyeballs? Who needs eyeballs? <laughs> He's got goggles. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm also gonna I'm also gonna incorporate John's theory of her hand wasn't on fire. But the rest of her is on That's fire. That's what the human torch does, though. But the rest exactly. of her is on fire. Hey, if, if you're it's good enough for Marvel her, comics, I don't know about enough. that. <laughs> and how about her clothes? What's going on there? It's magical fire. All right, it's magical. We'll just say it's magic. It's magic. There you go. It's magic. It's I, it's I'm all magic. Yes. She has such precise control. She's keeping the fire around her, but off of her stylish jacket. Let's just say it's magic. Let's just say it's magic. Because if it's magic, then we don't need an explanation. Send us a hey, you damn guys. Let us know what's up with that. It's a kind of magic. 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 I do love this next shot of Droko taking down this thing and the way that it's colored. Yeah. You've got like the... You know, Mignola Crackle esque. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're calling that Lawrence it Mignola Campbell. Crackle now. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lawrence Campbell is doing Mignola's version of Jack Kirby's thing. That's what's <laughs> happening on this page, and it's sure. amazing. I love no, it. No, it's fantastic. It is. It is. And so now, but this guy, he was impaled, 
and that is, you know, that's a that's a big deal. So we're going to deal with that now. Yeah, and one of the lines, you know, this is a very touching scene between Nichols yeah. and Tiana as he's dying. And Nichols, like, tells him this story of that he helped this kid, you know. But the part that – the line that always stuck with me is when he's like, a cricket, this is how I go. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, it's just going to be one of these – This is the thing that's getting me. To have that awareness that I'm dying right now. And of all the things that we've fought and blown up, it's just one of these stupid cockroach things. And now I'm going to fucking – giant – You know what I mean? Massive, impressive – That's the line that really – adds a lot of humanity to this scene Absolutely. and i agree it's touching when nichols is like oh remember you yeah, know that kid that, that and... kid's never gonna forget it and i never will either you know you're but, yeah. you're a hero no, and that part is touching but the part that got me was so him going that he's, yeah. yeah that he's like oh cricket got this me is this is the thing well, that's the thing when you think about it like there are people who you know you think about the statistic of like a lot of people like there are a lot of fatalities in the home right of like you're on a stepladder changing a light bulb and that's how you go. I've made me think of that right. when he's talking about that. Because yeah. that's the equivalent, right? If you're dealing with world-ending monsters and impressive shit and you're on all these adventures and then this is the thing yeah. that gets you, that would, you know. So that, yeah, that had an impact on me as well. I was like, oh, damn, that's that's rough. That's harsh. But it's cool that his army buddies were like, nah, man, you're a hero and here's why. Yeah. And let me tell you, let me regale you of stories of why we think you're a hero as you, you know, and so... Because he's concerned about, I really didn't go on a high note, did I? And they're like, no, sure, you, yes, yeah. yes, of course you did. You're not your lowest point. You're, we remember you at your highest point. His last moments, his tra- his moments of transition are, yeah. he's reliving that. And, and that's amazing. Like, they came together to make that happen. And that's very, that's something that we get this little vignette into these soldiers' lives, too. It's not all about the wacky heroes with their wacky powers and their weird hands and their fire and their fish body you know sometimes it's just the soldiers on the ground and and, and their story and that's something that this that's what the bprd has always brought to the table which is always yeah. very interesting yeah. that's that's the interesting part of these these stories for me i do also want to point out that uh, uh while all this is going on when t and we see liz kind of fly up only with flames on her arms pick up power with no flames around her and then mm, drop him off okay so so it's magic it's there you magic. have it yeah that i think that ex- kind of explains it so right it's there all magic but another thing that i do want to point out is when liz first came back after she lost her powers it was tn was the one that was there and he was like oh liz we're best friends you son of a bitch you're back (laughs) you're awesome Uh, you know what i mean and then here he's dying and she like doesn't even really seem to react to it you know it seems like nichols has the most extreme reaction um which i thought was interesting because their backstory was kind of like i guess we don't see what happens after it kind of cuts away but it doesn't seem like she is as emotional as you might think considering that they are supposed to have this huge backstory between those two characters. I just read that as she's... She, I think she can seem disconnected. But I also feel like that's just the nature of... She's a weirdo, super-powered, grew up in a room where people didn't want to touch her. She doesn't make connections easily or thoroughly. Mm. Or well, so it would seem on the surface. I think that there's a panel where she's looking. Right. And I think that that is supposed to be her connection to that 
moment. Mm-hmm. And but I also don't think it would have been right if that moment had been given to her in the narrative because he is on the ground with these soldiers and none of them have super fucking powers. I think it was important for his last moments to be connecting to someone who is like okay. him, you know, just a person person, yeah, I like not that. like a super meta human person. You know, they're not well, main characters and that's okay. Also, I've always taken Liz as the kind of person that she's able to kind of close off her emotions, especially after the whole, um, yeah. you know, thing. We've seen her being able to just kind of lock her emotions down while she's in the field. She's able to compartmentalize yeah. and put it, put it away. It's not something that she's forgetting. Right. And she, I think, because we've seen, like, you know, like when Roger died, she went and just cried in his room and all that. Yeah, and she, yeah. She, she's been through, she's lost so many of her friends at this point. Like, she doesn't know where Abe is because Devin lost him. She's already lost Kate. She's lost Panya. She's lost Hellboy. And that would fuck anyone. I don't see her as like, Absolutely. you know, as, as somebody's like, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. I just think that she's like, I can't deal with this at this particular Absolutely. moment. I'm going to deal with the problem at hand and then when i get to a situation i'm gonna deal with it then well and she's also i'm sorry but she's also like everyone's gonna be looking at her as a leader whether she wants it or not because she's a big name everyone knows who she is she's literally flying through the sky right she's the one who can fucking kill a monster by herself so everyone's gonna be looking to her she can't fall apart she has to be strong kind of a deal and so it's one of those things where it wouldn't have been right to give that moment to her it wouldn't have felt right. I think it's good that it's two soldiers who have been in the trenches together. They're just two humans. They don't have superpowers. I think that's an important moment for them. I completely agree. We cut over to Mullen, Nebraska, and I think this is an interesting scene. We have just these two people, and they're like, you know, we've been seeing her in these dreams. You know, I saw her again. This is such an effective... I love this. Anytime I see... It's such a noir... It's a beautiful noir effect of the blinds. Yeah. Of the just the black and white stark lines of the the light coming through the window with the blinds on it. That is such an effective. I love that. Every time I see it in any kind of like noir graphic right. novel type of deal, oh, I'm a sucker for it. She says it's not a dream, Sam. We aren't lost anymore. I'm going to get the kids. So, this kind of reminded me a little bit of um Stephen King's The Sand where the different characters were either dreaming of Mother Abigail or Randall Flagg. Yeah, you're right. And they're like, come find me. And then they do. Yeah, you're. Right. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Back over in Parkinson with Liz. She's communicating with Devon and Staz back at the Bureau. And she finds the vehicle. Excuse me, the target. She, she's so in shade at Devin. Yeah. That's earned. He earned that. <laughs> and we also see Nichols is still attending to Tien. He's kind of praying over him and putting like a blanket over his body. Liz is investigating the vehicle and she says that hammerheads must have got to them. Marks behind the vehicle show it was dragged to this spot. So it was dragged towards this Ogdruhem that's like frozen in the ground. She opens it up. And I love this reveal here. She like lights up her hand to look inside and we see it's all overgrown like this pod or whatever. There's all these like it's gross. barnacles. It's, yeah. It's very bio. It's like a bio cocoon weirdness. Yeah. It's like. 
And Abe has kind of like grown into that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like that scene from like Aliens. Yeah. Where they're like still alive. Oh, they're on the wall. But they're like, yeah. no, don't. Yeah. yeah. And then we get a little, we get a little puppy dog. Look who it is. It's Bruiser. It's Bruiser. Love and we him. also get Phoenix. And now we see Eris too. Sorry, he's very interested in this butterfly. Yeah. That's super cute. <laughs> you know, this was something that Matt talked about a lot. Like, she was talking to Eris and yeah. gaining information from Eris, but we never saw that. Right. They just didn't show right. those panels. Right. And so here they are showing them, which I think is interesting, you know, that you kind of see this exchange. It's my little sister. She's a ghost. And yeah. She's, I'm hanging out with her. She's she's a ghost. And they get some kind of ominous feeling. I feel it too, Eris says. She's coming. Oh, no. Bruiser starts barking like something's coming out of the ground. And her sister goes full ghost powers. Yeah, and they're in front of the BPRD headquarters, the old Whoa. one, the Colorado one that got blown up. And then so she wakes up. It was just a nightmare. Over in Cedarville, California, at this motel. I was trying to see what this sign says motel. here, but you can't. You can't really see what it says. We have Cronin and Von Klempt. Oh, gross Nazi boys. (laughs) Yeah, and... um, Zinko. Yeah, we have the Zinko A Better World there, too. That's good uh, texturizing on that little poster. Like, they kind of roughed it up, you know? And Cronin is like, imagine if our ambitions had been realized. We're still thinking about all this stuff. Nazis and we're... We won, like, we're big boys. And it's like, but you're not. You're head in a jar in a weird leather suit man (laughs) he's like oh at the castle that would have been a good death with our master if only you hadn't argued with him so but it was leopold leopold was to blame that was the little short one just like nazis they just keep blaming other people for whatever (laughs) bullshit they have cronin says we've been denied our rest now look at us two old men clattering away as the world oh so slowly winds down I'm a Nazi boy in a leather suit. I have a head in a jar for a friend. What's happening here? Oh, you know, I just noticed this detail. Like, he's getting oil and he's putting it in his mask yeah. or something. Or is that food? I don't know what's he's going putting on food there. In, it's he's gross. getting food out of the jar and putting it in, in his mask. That's and I guess disgusting. that's how he eats it or something. I just realized that. What an interesting detail. He's got like, it's like beans in a can and he's like... It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of Rorschach eating the beans, uh, right, with the spoon bean or whatever. Juice, human bean juice. There you go. Oh, I don't think it's beans. I think it's dog food. Whatever it is. Right. We gotta. We're burying the lead here because Vivara. It is not to be that at all. Not slowly. And so yeah, she approaches oh, Cronin. He's like, "What the hell? What it's is this Vivara. little girl doing?" Hell yeah, it's Vivara. And she's like, pardon me, sir, what is that? Oh, it's just a Nazi head <laughs> in the jar that I've got here. It's <laughs> a head in the jar. And why are two fine German gentlemen wandering these highways? I wouldn't call them fine. That's a bit of a stretch. Oh, okay. Look, we can see look, the can me... here. It looks like it says refried beans. Oh, it is beans. Uh, she's like, oh, what are two fine German gentlemen? Mean, sh- they're, they're none of those things. <laughs> Maybe they're German. They're not gentlemen. She she is a demon from hell. Oh yeah, so. she's buttering them up to use yeah. them for her own demonic purposes for sure. I'm just psyched to have Vivara back. Yeah, and she's like, "Show me your friend." I like that. Yeah, he hands you over the him? jar. She's just like looking him over like he's a like he's a little toy. <laughs> um, what does she say here? Sorry, I have to translate this. I should have done this in advance. Which one? What? What? Oh my God! I just got a message from Nathaniel Green. Oh, okay. What is it? It said, uh, 
thank you so much for not allowing a comparison of Ready or Not to Shaun of the Dead. The former is a popcorn rental movie. The latter is pure cinematic gold. A classic to go down the ages. Well done, my good man. Please keep up the good work. Ah, that's great. <laughs> okay, it means... Uh, a sorry. Bulgarian. When Vivara has Von Clem's head, he, like, wakes up or something. He, like, freaks out. And he goes, has it happened? And she says, delightfully. In Russian, yeah. Ah. Does he speak English? And he's like, who is this child? Where are we? And she's like, oh, Herr von Klempt, what a surprise for you this must be, yes. We are all of us wandering and wondering. I like how he's just like, what the fuck is going on here? But she's just like, ha ha ha, if she had turned into, I'm a fucking demon, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he'd be like, oh shit. She's like, I must introduce you to the others. They followed me here. We are going to do great things. And we see she has this group of people on the highway that are following her. I don't her. know about that. Right. So we saw those people Man. earlier waking up and saying, I'm going to get the kids. So this is like what they're following. Another amazing Duncan Fogredo cover here for chapter two. Fuck, this cover is better than the last. I mean, in the last one was amazing. Yeah, we're going to get some great Fogredo covers on this series. Um, but this detail is just insane on this. Is this that ink wash? How do they do that? Probably Photoshop. Well, I assumed it was like he did a certain level with probably an ink wash, and then um, Dave Stewart took over the colors. Yeah, yeah. the colors are fresh. That is Photoshop. phenomenal. Let's get into this because this is the like this is like Lakewood Mega Church. Oh yeah, of like Abe. It's like Abe Church. Yeah, like he, Abe Mega Church. <laughs> that that is what they're kind of conveying here. It's um, ridiculous. I wonder if they would let people in if it was flooding. I mean, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering who built this fucking giant Abe. They sculpture. probably just took over like a was stadium that? or something. Yeah. No, no, the sculpture. Oh, the actual sculpture of the fish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wonder so, who. I mean, was yeah. that like you know? Did they use like a CNC machine or did I somebody just like yeah, weld that know. shit together? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a good question. Yeah, this is definitely like a top-of-the-line yeah, church at this point. Yeah, it looks very polished. You know, remember like That's Enos, a good point. Enos was drawing it on the wall in yeah. Reign of the Black Flame. Now it's a huge it's mega very, church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where they get the resources. That's a good point. That's interesting. And as... Who's powering these floodlights? How are they getting... Pa After the apocalypse, like who's running... The power plants, like what's happening here? Well, remember, oh, like people well, were still I, getting coffee and stuff yeah. like that. Remember, in the middle of this, we also see Ashley Strode. She's trying to head back nice. to the bureau, and we see that she's cut off here um, because, like, the whole highway is cracked open. But there's a very important detail that they put in here very subtly. So this guy is giving his sermon, and he says, "Now there are others all over the world who will know this. They have seen the signs." Did Abraham Sapien, the peace bringer, not banish that creature from Florida? And we see this panel where Abe is standing in front of this giant Ogdruhem. Okay, so in so I was like, that's not the way this happened. No. So I went back to the Abe Sapien series to look at what I what we saw in the comic. So in the comic, this Ogdruhem with all the spires on top. It let out all this gas. It turned everybody into frog monsters. It mutated that bear, remember? And, yeah. And when Abe, when the gas hit him, he thought he was going to become a frog monster. But instead, he had this hallucination of Langdon Call doing a ceremony with the egg to get rid of an Ogdruhim. Mm-hmm. 
But here we see it was really him doing it. Yeah. But like in the hallucination, he was trapped inside the Ogdraham and all this webbing and it was sucking him in and he couldn't get loose. But this is what was really happening, I guess. I guess. Is that he was really performing that ritual yeah. that we saw Langdon call doing. Ooh. Know what I'm saying? So yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was seeing Same. Langdon call do it in a weird that's vision, but it was really him doing it. Yeah, that's interesting. That blew my mind when oh, I no, went back to look a, at this. In a trance or that's whatever. like a that's like yeah. a fight club thing where you see uh from the <laughs> point of view of the security camera. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. And Edward Norton's dragging himself across sure, the, sure, the sure. concrete. Exactly, because we had that we had Matt on that episode, and I remember asking him like, "What is happening right here? I don't get it." You know, he's, he's having like, oh, just you wait. Uh, he's having like this vision of yeah. of uh, Langdon Call doing this thing while he's trapped and all. Anyway, so yeah, I would love to get uh, the listener feedback on what you think is well, happening. Well, we've got here. him in front of like this church imagery, and I'm in front of the church, and so it's easy to see how you know people who are easily taken in by that sort of thing are like oh he's the new messiah well, oh we gotta worship him well the other thing to talk about is they all turned to stone when johan uh-huh. did his thing yes so does this mean that johan was doing his thing at the same time that abe was doing his thing right and so maybe oh. abe maybe abe contributed to that or maybe it had nothing to do with it you know what i mean yeah or or maybe the guy who's preaching misconstrued what happened absolutely is, it happens all the time putting um everything that happened on abe to bolster their religion and collect exactly well there's the exactly and, and, and build a giant sign manipulation and they want to build a <laughs> yep. golden sign uh there's a lot of momentum behind this and there's a lot of power to be yeah. had here and so these people believe that and if right. i can take advantage of that i can be very powerful and I can profit from this. And so it's like you said, you know, like who gives a shit what's true or what's real? They're just going to do what they're going to do. And that's how cults are born. And that's how religions are made. And that's how people profit uh, and become the most powerful people in the globe because of this sort of thing. And so that's, you know, that's what's going on there. Um, but it does make me wonder, like, does Abe have nothing to do with it? Did he do something? Did he help in some way? Whether does he it- did or not. I mean, you know it's 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 interesting that they're including this thing that's this movement or whatever that's sure, coming out yeah. of this i think that that's very interesting and it's very that's what would happen that's what would happen isn't that what would happen like like that's that. what would happen you know what i mean and yeah. so that's well we're getting this very real look at that and i think that that's very um i like that world building inclusion there it very well may, may be that abe actually had something to do with the single individual audrey him that he was dealing with sure and then it either happened simultaneously or just very soon afterwards that all the other ones turned to stone. And then this person is like, well, Abe did it all. Yeah. Uh, but does that I'm gonna, justify... Now I'm going to pass the offering baskets so yeah, I can exactly. get you money. Uh, yeah. Kind of thing. Does that justify but, uh, him manipulating all these people into whatever it is yeah. for his own ends? And, yeah. yeah. So we also see Ashley Strode. She starts drawing a sigil on the ground right there where the highway is cut off. We get more of the sermon... He says, we live at the beginning, brothers and sisters, of a new age, and we will be delivered peacefully into that new world. I was as guilty as anyone misreading the signs when those towering creatures first appeared, but I came to recognize them as agents of change, a signal, a warning to man that the old gods were past, and we need to look forward to the new. And as we are looking at this, uh, we see this panel where there's a bunch of people walking, 
and we see a guy, he's holding a skull with all the red thread in it. Yeah, I I saw, I was like, what is this guy holding a human skull with like red thread on it? Like what? So I think what's happening here is he's, I think those things behind him are like zombies and he's leading them with that thing. So remember we saw that one guy uh. Uh, and he was raising the dead. They were doing all that voodoo stuff in the Abe Sapien series yeah. and they were tying red thread around these skulls and they would do the bongo drums and it would like something would happen, right? Right. And so I wonder if that's what's happening there. And so you've said that she's drawn a sigil, but I think it's just a pentacle. Is oh, she okay. literally yeah. just drawing a pentacle on the ground and setting it on fire? That's what I thought too. Okay. Yeah, we just see the I mean, the, that's cool, the, whatever. We just see the beginning of sure. it. So right there where Ashley Strode drew her pentacle. She kind of raises this demon. But She's it's got like him a, on. It's like shards of glass. It's like a TV screen that she made out of th- thin air. What yeah, I was wondering if that was wh- what that was. Yeah. What? How is this magic used? It's like it's like the fortress of solitude in reverse. It's like instead of ice, it's fire. Right. Well, All these weird crystals, TV screen that she conjures up. Well, remember um, when she was with Oda Benga, she kind of like. They would go into this other world because he'd be young or something like that, even though he was an old guy. It's another realm. It's like a different. So I wonder if she's kind of now can pull over some sort of powers or. It's like a transitional dimension that she's, you know, we're meant to think that this, this effect is um, aesthetic. Yeah. It's very like, oh, this is cool and weird. But it's so she, it's like, she's conjuring up these like big shards of glass into a TV screen of a demon who's talking to her. It's like a FaceTime, but very, very dramatic. (laughs) And he's like, for this, you chased me from that old man's home. He's like, this is what you bothered me for. I love that line. That's very, I I always think it's funny how the demons, a lot of the demons and, you know, evil monsters in the story just talk like regular people. And they're just like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) What the shit, dude? And she's like, oh, what's this plan about rebuilding hell? You know, and this little girl. And he's like, I said no such thing. She's like, I command you to appear in your true form and answer me. And so he turns into those little demons, those little Mignola ones that we he's see. He's just a little, little yeah. guy. He's like, I'm just a little dude. He says that the girl sees the fate of all men in the underworld. She's gathered many to her. Far east of here, more will come. She's made herself known to one of the most revered of your order. But even he never learned her true name. The name of the spirit within her. I like so, how Ashley Strode, she's just like, I don't give a fuck about any of your bullshit. You cannot fool me. Why don't you take your true form before I get impatient? And the guy's like, I don't know. Don't right. hurt me. And she's like, okay, well, like, tell me her name. She looks like a badass here. When she's like, okay, and her name, though? Yeah. She looks like a total badass. I'm really digging this. When he says the most revered, is he talking about Broom? Uh, he's like, she made herself known to one of your most revered. And then we get this super cool fucking scene. Where she's got like a lightsaber going on here. Yeah. That's dope. She's got a... It's like a real Z. It's like a magic lights, but it's like made of magic instead of technology. Right. Like earlier. So now this is the magic. We've seen that's one of her powers with the... With the rosary beads, she can kind of like. Uh, well, it's not even conjure. a rosary because it's got like, like you were saying earlier, it's got 
sigils from all over the yeah, different Yeah, it's more like mala beads, I yeah, guess you could say. Yeah, it's whatever it is. So and um, through that, she can conjure the sword. And I love how her she... magic w- keychains. She walks right into it. Yeah. Like, you think that oh, it's yeah. there she to protect her. Fuck. But it's really like... So she's done with this guy, right? Is that basically what that how that scene leads off? Is oh, yeah. like she doesn't oh, give a shit. Now you're now you're dead meat. You're done because yeah, I got what you're I toast, needed out of you for sure. That's that's how I took it. That's pretty awesome. That's great. Over in Tennessee, they are getting all these readings that are consistent with a hem, but they find all these like mushrooms everywhere. Nice, nice. The mushrooms reminded me of that one story where the vampires, but then they got infected yes good job aubrey Let, we'll, we'll come back to that um but yes exactly you were on the right track with what that made you think of and as they're this team uh, i'm not familiar with all these uh characters but this big guy in the front is leonid and so we know that he's kind of pretty indestructible we don't really know what his powers are he's kind of sort of he's like some kind of frankenstein or something but nice. he's just like a really tough guy that can sustain all this damage i'm a frankenstein don't even don't even worry about it this one soldier i think her name is cox she's like lena's got the right idea domes up because he's putting his helmet yeah there's you know because there's all the fungus yeah and as they're walking we see an evil red eyeball looking up from from underground at them you hear that one of them says i hear nothing it sounds like a moaning. jeez. Oh, a moaning underground and a creepy red eye. Mm-hmm. That's bad Above news. That, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Above Virginia, we're at that BPRD. And we didn't talk about this. They still have the ship. Yeah, no, John, actually, I was going to bring up that uh, their, their helicarrier. Yeah. When we turned to that page, I was like, holy shit, the they got their own shield. Yeah. Helicarrier. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like how they still, they carried that over. I want to say uh, this one panel where they're showing the Virginia and they're showing the map of the the uh, the states of the U.S. that the states actually look basically what they look like because I don't know if you've ever freeze framed on certain like cartoons growing up when they're showing like a map <laughs> of the United States and it's like who the fuck drew those lines? <laughs> and I wonder if like is that all that's left because of. The Ogdra Jihad, because oh, remember, shit. wasn't the Ogdra Jihad like in Nebraska right, or right. something like that? And we don't see mm-hmm. any of that part. You see the southern states, actually. Yeah, it's it's south. It's the southeast here. Yeah. yeah, we see Devon and Staz in the control room, and Liz comes in. He says, "So you've stopped terrorizing the medics." What is his problem? Will you chill out for one second? Can you for one second chill the fuck out? She says, "Please." I have total faith those guys won't hurt a scale on his head. And then we see why. You got Howard's there, right? Oh, so she's man, like, Howard's she's like, oh, I'm sure they're not going to hurt him at all. It's your boy. And then we cut to the nurse going, sir, could you at least please leave that outside the room? This poor doctor. Wait. This poor doctor. She's like, sir, can you, can you at least the sword, can you put the sword outside of this medical hospital room? This poor doctor, she's just like trying her best. I like the fact that there's a little bit of representation by showing the the doctor or his nurse, I don't know which one, uh, as obviously as a as a Muslim woman, and it's nice to see a little representation without without calling out the fact that hey, look, we have just yeah. anyone could have a hijab at any time. It's fine. Yeah, we don't care. Like that's cool. Devon says that they have to get Abe to DC, and she's like, oh no, I don't like that. Liz says Manning can't protect Abe. Who do we need to protect him from? And she goes, look who I'm talking to. I'm your superior officer. So they, I this imagine they go back and guy, forth a lot, right? What's his problem? 
once again, how did he get promoted? You never saw Keiko, I'm your superior officer. No, never. And she could waste him instantly, so maybe he should chill the fuck out. But then they get uh, called in by the team on the ground with all the mushrooms. And they start explaining to Devon and the people in the control room. Pretty heavy interference there, too. Yeah, it's causing more interference. And I love this. Immediately, Devon says, Crab Point. Crab Point is where they found the sadu hem that was being made out of mushrooms he was like a big mushroom guy awesome and then liz is like no that looked a little different staz says i like the shot of the mushrooms that we get here though that's good stuff yeah staz says south carolina a few years ago that's the one that aubrey's talking about pickens county horror there's fog everywhere here there's all the strange fog that they're talking about one agent died there the other not long after that was fucking vaughn yeah vaughn before strobel took him over so the fungus is interfering with these vampires that are underground. Uh-huh. Yes. And so yeah. it's making the vampires where they can like turn into these ghost things yeah. or whatever. They're super we saw them. We saw Mushroom them do that. Vampires. And I, I did want to take a second and talk about vampires because we've seen vampires Pretty a couple good. times in these stories. Uh like the Virkolak. The Virkolak. And Wake the Devil with Jurescu. And uh the Sleeping in the Dead also featured vampires. There's also BPRD Vampire with Anders. Vampires. Yeah. They talk about um, the vampires have a connection to Hecate. They throw a party for her every year, oh, remember? Shit. And we we see the big Hecate and all that kind of stuff. Hashtag Hecate party. Yeah. There you go. In these stories, the vampires have discussed their plan. The heads of the vampire families met and decided to go into hiding. They would still hunt and create more vampires, but they would do it secretly. They believe that humanity would forget them over time and allow the legend of the vampire to fade into myth. Then they agreed that on a specific day they would reawaken, raise their vampire armies, and bring humanity to its knees. So that's been in some of the past stories. Like, we've seen that the vampires have this plan and they're kind of... um, That's why they're all underground in the Pickens County Horror because they're kind of just like chilling out waiting for when the time is right to arise. And then they see the fog, just like Aubrey mentioned, from the Pickens County Horror. Now it's Halloween time. It's Spookyville. Yeah. Now the vampires come out. So, yeah, there were vampires in the ground here. That's something we haven't seen in a while, but it's like they have to bring it back. Yeah. At some point. You know what I mean? When the day is right. So we're getting there. Immediately they're like, Liz, you can't get there fast enough. She leaves out of the helicarrier. She was standing with them there on the monitors. Yeah. And then now she's flying over there. Reminds me of that page that you have right here where she just takes Yeah. We cut over to Vivara in upstate New York and she's got all her people with her. And they're talking about like seeing the Ogdruhem. It was like a balloon floating over Chicago. But it's interesting. Like I'm so interested in like what are these people doing? What is – how is Vivara – Getting, so we see some dialogue here. Is she going to make us walk throughout the night? Where are we even going? Yeah. So you get a little insight into, okay, they don't even, they're they're aware that this is happening and they have no idea what's going on. That is so scary and weird and horrible. I like that they're like scared about what's going on. Is she going to make us go? Where are we going? What's right. happening? Ha- they have no control over this. She's just like, la, la, la. I have these people and I'm making them But they're places. dreaming about her and they're compelled to follow her. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, super weird. We also have Cronin and Von Klempt, and they're just bickering back and forth. Von Klempt says, you flit from one master to another like dogs. Yip, yip. Because first they were with Rasputin, 
And, well, but aren't dogs yeah. supposed? The, the, wait, no. Do, dogs are characterized typically as being loyal. Okay. To one to one person, so it's that's not. He's, Von Klum has obviously never had a dog. Yeah, he's, he's really mixing his metaphors <laughs> up if, around, you know. Or if he had a dog, he treated the dog pretty poorly. Probably. And if, a dog, if you're treating a dog poorly, yeah, they're gonna choose another master. Yeah, well, not even One then. Actually, that's the saddest thing is that they're still going to be loyal to you even if you treat them badly. That does, you know, that's the thing about dogs is they're super loyal. And Cronin's talking about the black flame here. He's like, "Ah, oh, but you should have seen what he did. How he transformed that city. You know, and he bent shapes out of buildings. He made that his office, remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> he had that office up there that was all tripped out. Yeah, he's Yeah. So, as he's talking, he's talking about the black flame. But I think, like, because we zoom in on Vivara, and then is this, like, is this what she's thinking of? We cut to this. Yeah, she's, like, daydreaming about, like, her best life, and it's apparently this weird thing where she's a rat monster eating dead bodies, I guess? Yeah, that's her demon form there. Like, okay. And she's just eating a pile of bodies, like, if they're grapes or something. Christ. And it's, like, she's got her eyes closed. They're all following her, but she's just kind of, like, day. she's in her own world, and she's thinking of these horrible things. I think that is so messed up. Um, I really that really struck me. What is she singing about eating the people? The this body of people that she's eating. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure, one hundred percent. Maybe she's like daydreaming about eating Cronin, just to get him to shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cronin's even like, "Ah, oh, you grow heavy of von Klemt because he's carrying around this head all the time." Rest, Vivara says. We rest for the evening, and the morning we go on to Manhattan. We cut back over to Tennessee, and they're trying to contact Team 2, but we can see that they've already been victim to some of the vampires. Cable, Cable man. Cable. Yeah. This one is, I love this shot, as this one is kind of looking around, and then the vampire gets the other one from behind. That's oh, like a yeah. classic horror yeah, shot absolutely. right there. I mean, that is just so masterfully done. I love the way Lawrence Campbell uses the shadow in this shot, and just like the way her face is lit... And everything, there's so much detail in there. Just really amazing. The vampire says, You gendarmes are better equipped than in my day. And then so she shoots him. She shoots his head off and she says, Goddamn right, Maricon. Ah. So that's uh, that's like a Spanish slur. Um, it's often used to kind of be um, derogatory towards gay people, I ah. guess. It's kind of like saying the F word. So anyway, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We don't like that. Yeah. Head cannon is this is Lestat. This is Tom Cruise Lestat. She shot Tom Cruise Lestat in the head. I I love that part where he comes back. Oh, I like I like Tom Cruise. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying like that's that's what I think. This is that's the guy. That's him. I, I like the part where he comes back and he's all undead because yeah. he's been in the swamp and everything yeah. and he's all gross. Like that kind of that would kind of, fit exactly, with that. It exactly. would kind of fit with here with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He's got the bow and the hair and everything. She's like, no, Martin's sorry. That's what she says in Spanish there. Lo siento. And she gets approached by all the vampires. Just some really nice work here. I like the eyes. The red eyes. Um, Lawrence Campbell just kills this horror stuff. Watch your six, she hears. And then here comes Liz. She roasts all the vampires. Nice. I could I, I could have done without the slurs, but I'm I'm digging the roasting the vampires into skeletons. Yeah, and she's like, sorry, kept having to slow down and check the GPS because Liz is just like flying out <laughs> yeah. there, and 
all that kind of stuff. I like to imagine her like flying. She's like, oh crap, hold on. Slows herself down. Yeah. Pulls out her phone. Oh, searching, yeah. searching, no map. signal, no, no signal. signal. Yeah. Damn it. And, uh, oh, I got a signal. Okay, where am I? Oh. <laughs> and she would have to watch out for like if there's planes and shit, right? Like traffic. I, I, I assume she's got right, some sort of like yeah. air traffic. I, I, I just assumed that there was no air travel anymore. Right. Oh, there you go. Maybe not. I, I mean, was... this is hell on earth. Sure, sure. Uh, wait, this is past well, hell on but earth. But they've got they've got their little like Fantastic Four mobiles or whatever the shit. They're uh, the helicarriers. Yeah. Who who knows what other organizations have little helicarriers going on? Like I don't know. Good point. As the soldier is wasting all these vampires, I love this yeah. moment where this vampire is like, "Look what's become of us." Yeah, we're just Why some little goth boys. <laughs> Why, my ask, were you not content to let us sleep? We could be sleepy goth boys, but instead we're being shot full of holes, goth boys. And as he says that, we see one of the vampires turn into that mist stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it starts taking over that Spanish I'm soldier. I'm a ghost. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a vampire ghost. Yeah, it starts taking her over and she just says, Liz, do it. And oh, so Liz yeah, just yeah, burns yeah. her. Because... Um, we saw in the story with Nichols, it, it would take her over, and she no would hesitation, become a vampire. By right. the way, on Liz's part, yeah. abs zero hesitation. She just immediately—it's incredible. But in the middle of all this, there's this beat between these two old Victorian vampires, and he's like, "I'm sorry, ma'am, I don't know your name. English, please." Herr Bauer, sir, what our brother just did—that fluid—it's more than a bit curious, don't you think? How he turned into the gas or whatever. Perhaps, and then Liz just roasts them. They're having this conversation. Yeah, and she's like, do a little Wilhelm scream there. Yeah. I just love how they just talk like yeah. this, you know what yeah. I mean? And He's ready, though. He's yeah. over it. He's like, you know what, existence? Overrated. I'm done. Please. But then this vampire does come out, and he like comes at Liz with this whole speech about how they've been patiently hiding for centuries and I feel like he's putting her under some sort of glamour, right? Yeah, or he's something. like, I'm older and stronger than everybody else. I'm going to get you. It was fire that did it. From the heart of the earth, fire boiled their blood, infecting our children. I'm older, stronger, but the others. And we see this giant, like, that's the fungus stuff, yeah, right? That's like the Ogdruhem, yeah. and it's, I guess it's causing the, the gas from it is causing that fungus, and it infected all the vampires. So we get a little bit more explanation of why we saw all this weird stuff in that Pickens County horror where we saw them turning into the mist and all yeah. that. And he's bitter, though. He's mad. Yeah. He's like, oh, now I've been waiting. So I've been so excited for Judgment Day. And now it's like ruined and shit. Like, it's now just we're... very, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. He's very like, he's just pouting, I guess. I don't know. Well, he also talks about like, you know, we've been hiding for centuries, yeah. but there was something deeper that our, even our elders didn't know about. Yeah. So he was like, it was going to be a big like, gross eh. party, but then it got ruined. It was ruined by bigger, grosser yeah. monsters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's kind of interesting, too. This is a very kind of Mignola thing to do, I think, is to be like, the vampires have been waiting all this time to come back and, oh, well. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Burn them. Burn them. And then we get Solomon Grundy. Solomon Solomon Grusdy, born on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Our Leonid. Oh. <laughs> he comes behind. He stabs that vampire through before he can get Liz. And she's like, Leonid, Jesus. He says, I will heal. If he had turned you, what then? Because he got so close to Liz, like if he had bit her and turned her into a vampire, yeah. like can you imagine so what would like, happen then? What are you doing? Why don't you just burn everything? 
what's wrong with you yeah you're just like having conversations with the stuff you need to be burning i guess like what's come on man snap out of it yeah so he gets her on focus and she turns around and her she's got the fire coming out of her eyes so we know what's going to happen next i do want to talk about this character beat so that's one thing that has always been great about this series is the nice character moments and here we have one with nichols and jiroko and this is after tn died obviously so they're still talking about that and they talk about how it didn't mean anything to liz we talked about this a little bit in the last issue got her superhero boyfriend nichols says no concern for us mere mortals so tn was also saying something about oh where's the lovely couple so is there something going on between Liz and How- uh, Liz and Howard's, right? Is that that's what they're talking uh, about I here, right? I think that's right? just a little disingenuous thing of like, I, well, they're working together. They're both super powered. When they coordinate, they're able to be more effective in the field. So it makes sense that they would coordinate. But then I guess to the other soldiers, if they're not communicating that to them, that would look like, you know, from the outside looking in, that would be like, oh, well, they're just pals and around. They're just buddy-buddy superheroes and they're just forgetting about us mortals, you know? But it's like, why wouldn't two super-powered people be talking to each other about how to be mo- most effective in the field? Like, that doesn't... <laughs> what, what the fuck? I don't get this. Be- oh, yeah, well, you know, they were like this and she didn't even care. It's like, can you chill, maybe? Like, it's the apocalypse. I mean, I could kind of see what Nichols is saying. It's just Because like, he, he, he's kind of... I feel like he's kind of been like that you know it's just like he goes oh so she has her superhero boyfriend it's just like that to me just feels like bullshit it's off very disingenuous yeah because i don't know it's like you said it's like just because they're superpowered beings doesn't mean they're dating but it, as you know working in an office for 15 years i saw people who assumed just because people were working close together right. that they were going something on and it's just like no they're just exactly but then it goes on to talk about like, you know, you know, she's like she and Tian were like that. And he says that we had Tian tell Liz about Kate. And then she's like, is that when she broke? And he's like, she wasn't the only one. So losing Kate affected everyone. Morale and now is they got, very now they got low. Devin. Yeah. Now they got Devin as their leader. Yeah. Exactly. Morale is at an all time low. We talked about how. You know, Liz is a little bit more distant, and so I think what this implies is after Kate died, that even ramped it up even more, right? Why wouldn't it? So it's like there's a lot of PTSD going around. There's a lot of really just low morale. Yeah. And it's just kind of like they're blaming it on Liz. And I don't know. I guess it's what happens when you are leaderless. Jiroko and Nichols have a nice little cheers here to Tian. He says to you, Carla... And we cut over, Liz is coming in with Leonid, he's all burned up, and we see Professor oh, O'Donnell shit. there. Professor O'Donnell. Yeah. This moment is really great. They're like, oh, I didn't wake Devon. Well, don't. He'll be more pissy than usual. And then Leonid says, Liz, go. I will make it. And she just blazes off. Paul like O'Donnell drops all those papers. Yeah, but it's like she can't get to where she's trying to go fast enough. Yeah, she really wants to see. And we cut over. She cuts over to the infirmary door, right? And we go inside, and we get this amazing page. Incredible, I mean, this is a testament to Lawrence Campbell. Absolutely. Because what what is your reaction from this page? Oh, joy. I mean, seeing Liz and Abe rejoin. Finally get to see each other again. And yeah. you can see it both, on, you know, Abe's face. Abe's looks got a little fishy ecstatic. smile. And then Liz is definitely fucking. Love you that know, smile. Fucking, you know, we never see Liz smile, but I mean, Beautiful. to see the to see two old friends 
reunite. It's heartwarming. Well, it's been know? so long. We've seen so I mean, how yeah. long, how many books have we read where Abe is just like wandering around on his own and Liz yeah. is over here doing like, her thing like, and they're never together and it's it's, it's incredible. Like least, it's like at least two omnibuses. It's worth. been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. I honestly didn't think they would ever see each other again. Yeah. I really didn't. Like I, I sincerely didn't. And so for yeah. this, I was like, oh, I was actually surprised. I was shocked. I was like, wow. Uh, I, I agree. Did they get him in the same room? I yeah. didn't think that was going to happen. Okay. Wow. And so her face at the end here is um, a person's face. Yeah. Can I say, hey, Lawrence Campbell, thanks for drawing a person's face and not like a fake weird, not a person's face. Do you know what I mean? Is it, this the is expression hard to describe. is so genuine. Yeah, it's a person's yeah. human face. It, human eyes and a human mouth. It's somebody that looks genuinely happy. It allows me to, exactly. There's a facial expression there that's like, got emotion behind it. it it allows me to really connect with this character in a genuine sincere yeah. way and i just really appreciate that a lot yeah i i kind of been waiting to save this to the end it's just that um i am so glad to see lawrence campbell back on some I know, art i love me some lawrence campbell this I, i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think he might be my favorite bbrd artist okay nice cool. i love it yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna state it right here. I Lawrence love Lawrence Campbell. Campbell. I mean, <coughs> I love Guy wrong. Davis too. I mean, Guy Davis is great. Guy Davis, yeah. James, Heron, James Heron, Tyler Crook. But this page, this page, this great page. When you got to this page, you said it's definitive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just fucking Lawrence Campbell. But you reserve the right to mm-hmm. change that from story to story. Of course, of course, obviously. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I just you know, it's. And she's cheesing it here. She, she, well, I don't think we've ever seen this expression on her face. Not in a long, exactly. long time, yeah. Before, and so this is, um, it's a very special, and that connection between these two characters is something that we're just like, oh, thank you so much for this like port in the storm, man. We it's haven't like had coming a up for like air, this. right? It it's... is like coming up for air, absolutely. <laughs> like, can we just have a warm? sincerely genuinely warm moment because we get yeah. so much fucked up shit so this yeah. is yeah well i know i think danielle was a little frustrated that we were only reading the first two issues but okay so but yeah. i think that this is why because you 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 get let's let's end on this moment okay, let's end on yeah. this pressure this uh because no, you made the mistake you know? of showing me the cover john john made the mistake of showing me the cover to the next issue <laughs> and uh you know obviously it's 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 ted howard's with the sword in the middle of battle and i'm like hey why can't i read this and he's like no you need to wait so i have not read it yet so we're gonna wait and I'll read it yes time. yes but i understand like i was reading it last night and i you know i got to this one I'm like yes and i turned the page and i'm like oh yes right right let me close this app and go to bed right. <laughs> awesome and um like i said we are getting into the the final last couple issues of this series so this is a huge thing and i'm so glad that we could all do this together through the power of the book club and through friendship so um yeah i'm excited to get into this new wave of bprd stories that we're going to be discussing and I'm excited to listen to all the listener feedback. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. 
We're back on the BPRD with the devil you know, and I'm really curious to hear what you say. Send us a hey you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook About section, including the wonderful redone reading list that Mark Trudell has updated with amazing work. You should check it out. It's If you like spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> as always a special thank you to paul from garterharn for the wonderful theme also i do like spreadsheets so i'm sorry uh <laughs> thank you to mark trudell for fucking being a fucking rock star thank you john for editing you guys have no idea what he's cutting out from today <laughs> and thank you danielle because you always make me smile Aww. Uh, <laughs> You can find the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Next week, we are reading BPRD, The Devil You Know Messiah, issues three through five. So you know what to do. Leave that trade open. Keep those issues out and don't close that omnibus because we're reading it. And join us next week on the Hellboy Book Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Danielle. And I'm over the love of saying... A cricket? Is this how I go? Oh, no. no.